Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. The Last Kids on Earth and their superhero alter egos are back in the latest installment of the graphic novel spinoff series, The Last Comics on Earth, Too Many Villains. Jack, June, Quint, and Dirk face their biggest challenge yet, creating the sequel to their hit graphic novel in a mad dash, puzzle-filled race across Apocalyptia to stop the biggest evil plan in history. Hey, you know what the creators of Last Comics on Earth's evil plan is? Make me and my kids love these books. Seriously, my younger kid is a huge fan of both the Last Kid series and the Last Comic series. It's true. And now I'm hooked too. The whole team has created a delightful cast of characters with some fantastic kid-friendly art throughout that will appeal to readers of all ages. Buy your copy of The Last Comics on Earth in stores today. You can also visit lastkidsonearth.com to learn more. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the stack. I'm Alex, I'm the ju- responsible one. <laughs> oh, you don't need to say those words ever again. Just say Alex, uh, Justin, and the Pete. other responsible one. And I'm Pete, the irresponsible one. Reckless oh. Pete, they call him. Pete, get your thumb out of that pie, Pete. Come nope. on, Pete. What are you doing? Yeah, get your thumb out and put your body inside the chair and start <laughs> talking comics. I don't know what we're talking best. about. We are talking about comics that have come out today, Wednesday, in comic book shops. We're going to review a bunch of them. couple of notes here right at the top, uh, as usual. And we'll stop doing these notes at the top eventually. Yeah, let's stop with the notes at the top. Stop. No, i got to give you guys a couple of notes. You guys are the listening uh, audience. All right. First of all, perk up. Second of all, pull, wow. pull Don't up you your dare pants. talk about Third our of all, get like a that. job. What you the guys. fuck, man? You're sitting down listening to podcasts all day. What hey, are you doing with your life? Some people are out on the run right now listening to our podcast. Oh, that's true. Out they're, on the run. They're, they're <laughs> from out the cops. on a run. Oh, on a run. Yeah. yeah. If you're on the run for the cops listening to our podcast. Way to be living your own I, life. That's a confident criminal. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to listen to this comic book podcast and not plan my full escape. <laughs> so a couple of things that we should let you guys know. There is a transcript version of the podcast that rolls out either simultaneously with the podcast or soon after. If you prefer to read your podcast or if you are hearing impaired in any way. Uh, also, we should mention that there is a separate stack podcast for this that you can subscribe to. It rolls out in the regular comic book club live feed with our live show. But if you want to uh, subscribe separately, if you want to rate it separately, you certainly can there. Um, We're going to get to a couple of your user comments at the end of the show. If you guys do want to leave us a comment on iTunes on either feed, we'll read it here on the show and respond to you guys right there. We love to hear from you guys. We do. We do. We love it. In person, especially when we're at our homes or on a vacation, if you can find us. What are you inviting people to do right now? I want people to come visit us. Like, Pete, uh, you're going on a trip next weekend. I think people should come find you. (laughs) Yeah, where are you going, Pete? Let them know where they can find you. I'm going to be in Philly. All right. That's it. The target's in Philly. See if you can track him down. Follow the trail of broken cookies. (laughs) Yes. Everyone knows about Pete's cookie addiction now. Yes. He's a cookie crook. Uh, Well, (laughs) something is killing Pete. But also from Boom Studios, something is killing the children. Number one came out today. This is a big advanced hit. A lot of people are predicting this might be the next big comic book, the next big wow. breakout comic book. Um, mm-hmm. It's by James Tyne and the Fourth, who wrote some of our favorite series here on the show. Yep. But this is an original horror concept. Curious to hear what you guys think about it. Do you think it's worth the hype? Do you think it's beyond the hype? What What is your take? Well, I think it's a only b- comment on the hype, not the actual yeah. book. Itself. Never. That's we oh. don't review <laughs> comics anymore. We review <laughs> hype. Oh, oh, hype is good. Good last page reveal on the hype. Uh, I I think it's a very solid book. I didn't know about any of this hype stuff. Well, uh, but I mean, one of our guests th- talked about it on literally the last live show. Cool, <laughs> and but, said it was really hyped. Well, I'm I'm happy for the hype. He's so a great now. he's a great writer. Okay, uh, but I just read it as a really solid book. Uh, they're just making the the statement that monsters are real, which is bold. 
It's a bold statement. <laughs> That's you, most of comics, I would yeah. argue. You also know it's not a documentary, right? What? <laughs> the book. It's not. No. It's not all true? Uh, some of it's true. There oh, are okay. people. Those do exist. Yeah. All right. Cities, uh, children. Uh, the, I like this a lot. I don't know about uh, leading up to the hype. It's hard to figure that out after the first issue. This is really like just the very beginning. You're just assembling the characters well, in this town. some issues you can tell. Like Murder Falcon, first issue, you know it was going to be maybe one of the best comics of all time. Uh, sure. Uh, <laughs> um, but I do love all the ingredients that are here. It's horrifying. Um, the characters are super interesting and different. And yeah. the uh, the blonde uh, girl that we see on the flip phone, she's very interesting. I would say that, if anything, is probably the thing that backs up the hype because the art in this book is fabulous oh, across the board. The character good. designs are great. The eventual monster reveals are great as well. But it really is this main character who, to get into spoilers here, there's a kid at a sleepover. He's telling a story about a scary monster he saw. Then we flip forward and something, uh, per the title, has been killing all the children in the town. We don't know what. We eventually find out what that is through this woman that it's pretty easy to figure out she is a traveling monster hunter, a la Buffy the Vampire Slayer, other characters like that. How did you know that about her? Because of the- She stumbles out of the woods with two blades, sees a girl in a uh, wagon with no arms who's like, did you take care of it? She's like, sure. Okay, I'll go to this next town. I'm on my way. So all of that, I think, was like pretty clear setup, right? I yeah, was, 100%. I thought it was the chip on the side of her head that made you think that. Mm. No, that's another mystery that we have to unfold as we go further into the series. I'm intrigued by the idea that she's talking to someone else or a larger organization. Uh, That, to me, feels like sort of a non-horror story element uh, being introduced here, which I thought was a nice little uh, tease or twist. It feels like a cross between Buffy and Attack on Titan to me at this point, that we're Mm. very early going. Yeah, Uh, it's also... Uh, The the point that I wanted to make is I think the design of that main character in particular is the thing that's going to make this book go long term. And I know that's a weird thing to focus on, but it is something like that, that it feels like a fresh new character. It feels like a fresh new look. It's very iconic instantly. And I think that's cool to see. But it's also kind of sad because that girl definitely doesn't have a childhood like she's. Working a full-time job, killing monsters, you know? Yeah, something is killing the children, but something killed her childhood. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's the real... Jobs. Don't get them, guys. Jobs. The real horror. Yeah. (laughs) The real monster here is is a job. Is your argument that if you take a job, you don't have a childhood? When did you start working? I started working very early. First job? First job was paper route. Wow. Oh, yeah. What What a male paper girl. Yeah. What about you? My first job? Yeah. Uh, working at the computer lab at the library. Wow. <laughs> Is there anything possibly that could be more on brand than you saying that? <laughs> Were you changing vacuum tubes back in the first fucking computer? <laughs> yeah, we didn't actually even have a library. It was just a computer yeah. the size of a library. Wow. Uh, wow. That's great. Yeah, you were able to take out one page of a book. That's well, <laughs> your first job working at a bar? Burger King drive through baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. We've talked about I ran this. that whole shit is the original podcast, as I always say. I did the first podcast. Saying that's not true. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the stack of burgers and vegetables, which uh, you have just about to order. More which you have just about vegetables. to order. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was hitting the head of the shovel as a child, and I... That's why I often don't make any sense. Uh, this book is very good. Yes. Definitely recommend picking it up, uh, regardless of the hype or not. Don't expect the second coming of God for this book necessarily, <laughs> but I do think it's very exciting. The it art, is. as we said, is gorgeous, and I, I'm really looking forward to seeing where this goes. All right, next one to talk about from beginnings to endings, Image Comic Books Wicked and Divine number 45 this is the last issue of the series. Uh, yeah. This is bringing everything together that Kieran Gillen and Jay McElvey have put together over the past couple of years. Mild spoiler here, but after Laura was thrown in jail for life, the last issue, Mm -hmm. she does, in fact, get out. We jump ahead about, I believe, 55 years, something like that. uh, It's 2055, I believe. Oh, it's 2055, right. Uh, And we find out what's happened to our characters and find out kind of how they all end. How did you feel about this last issue? 
Uh, this was interesting. I mean, I've read this entire series, and the I, I was surprised that it wasn't Laura's giving her eulogy. I thought it was Laura was going to be the character that died um, over the course of the book, uh, over the course of the last issue. And then it made sense for the very final moment, which I really liked. Um, but it would really, this felt more like sort of an epilogue than almost any other last issue of a comic I've ever read. It truly is just the characters getting back together, being like, you cool? You cool? I'm pretty cool. Bye. Well, we talked about that with the last issue, right? The way that issue 44 ended was a definitive ending to the series. Like the whole conflict of the series has been that they have two years to live. They become gods and then they die. That was what they thought. They found out the truth was very different than they thought it was. They fought against it. And ultimately the last line of the last issue was like I said, Laura being sentenced to life as she smiles Because she's gotten to live. She's gotten to live out uh, the rest of her life as a human being, as the rest of them have. So we speculated this last issue would be just that coda, that final moment, and that's exactly what it was. Uh, Pete, how did you feel about it? I thought it was good. I really liked uh, what they did with the funeral and kind of the way they really conveyed that somber tone and really kind of like... It was... It, the comic felt sad, weighted, powerful, and you kind of felt that in the funeral, which I think is really impressive to do in a comic format. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it was a very creative, very interesting book, and it, it ended in a nice way. Cool. All right. I like the musical flourishes in here as well, which has always been something in Kieran Gillen's work, and uh, it was nice. I, I thought there'd be one other big move in this uh, yeah. last issue. It definitely felt like just pretty chill. Yeah. I, I think, though, he didn't want to, they didn't want to set it up as, like, this question mark of, but will the cycle continue? Who knows? Yeah. And that's, I totally get that, because yeah. I think the point was, no, it's not. Right, it's not. That's it's why done. this story was special. Yeah. There you go. All right. Next thing to talk about, a long-awaited issue from DC Comics. It's been a while uh, since this one last came out. Doomsday Clock, number 11, oh, from Jeff Johns man. and Gary Frank. This is the second-to-last issue of the series, so it's all starting to come together here. Uh, what did you guys think about this, Pete? How would you feel about this? Uh, I thought this was a great issue. And to me, when you get these two worlds coming together, the way this kind of issue Built the world of Watchmen and the DC right. universe, right? Okay. Yeah, I really loved the kind of last panel. Uh, I thought that was cool because those two characters coming together, that is... Superman and Dr. Manhattan. Yeah, I didn't want to spoil it, but since oh. you're going to be a dick, all right. No, we knew that was going to happen. Been, I mean, literally, start... they've talked about that the entire time. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's these two yeah, guys. Yeah, well, we finally get it, and yeah. it's great. Uh, and I can't wait for the next issue because that, to me, is like... Yeah, those two people coming face-to-face and kind of dealing with the worlds and that kind of stuff, I think, is very exciting. Uh, I got to tell you, I love Gary Frank's art. I think it's absolutely phenomenal. Very good. Uh, This, to me, is a bit of an overpacked mess. Wow. My analogy is it's like when... uh, the, the final fireworks go off if, on, like, say, the 4th of July when you right. shoot fireworks. Right, yeah. And it's, like, the, it's the, the finale, and it's going and going. You're like, wait, when is this going to stop? And you stop paying attention because you're like, wait, what's happening? When is it over? Oh, it's not over yet. Oh, now it's over. No, it's not. There's more. And then it's just, like, bang, but you can't pick anything out anymore. And that's what this feels like. And especially we've been, um, we're doing that's a... That's a weird, stressful way to look at fireworks. Well, but, like, when you're watching fireworks, they're sort of like, should we applaud now? And this feels like that thing of, like, the start, stop. The fact that the issues have taken so long to come out, I think it weighs into that a little bit. Um, especially since we're rereading Watchmen for our Watchmen Watch podcast, which we're doing. Yeah. Nice plug, bro. Little plug. Um, Subtle. That comic is so perfect, and this feels like you're, like, painting an extra smile on the Mona Lisa. Oh, wow, that's fucking... Like like on the forehead. uh, I can agree with you about the fireworks thing in particular, because this comic so far, one of the things we talked about every issue is it's very much taking its time. It's very much... It hasn't been clear what the point is, what the plot is, exactly what's happening here, and we've been waiting and waiting and waiting, and then it all got stuffed into this issue. Yeah. And that is why it felt quick to me. To your point... This might read very differently as a series when you read it in trade, potentially. But right now, 
with one issue to go, I'm still not quite sure what the idea is. Like, I'm not quite sure what the move is. Is this doing something to the DC universe? Is this saying something about the world? Is this moving the legion of superheroes forward? Is it fixing time in the DC universe? Is it doing all of those things? We don't know. We don't have any idea. Yeah, and it feels like it could have been something much shorter. Yes. Uh, and sort of getting to this final moment of this issue and into the next issue, or something that was much longer that really explored different arcs featuring these characters and the different patches of the Watchmen universe that would touch the DC universe. I guess we've done that with the other Watchmen, before Watchmen series, but right. like, uh, focusing on that and then just inserting the other DC characters would be cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, to Pete's point, I think... The essential idea, which Jeff Johns talked about beforehand, is he doesn't want to see Doctor Manhattan and Superman wreck the world together and get in a big fight. Yeah. Um, I'm curious I, to see them have some sort of a conversation. It's not going to happen. I'm curious to see them have some sort of conversation. I'm curious to see them talk, but there's been too much buildup for it at this point. Right. I, yeah, like, I also like say? how like Doctor Manhattan seems nervous about it. Yeah. 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 He's a nervous dude. Yeah. I mean, it's just going to yeah, be interesting. Doctor Manhattan. Yeah. Uh, just going to be yeah. interesting. That's to how see he what Superman's right. going to be. Like, you've what seen Superman's the, you've seen the movie say. Manhattan. Yeah, that's by Doctor Manhattan. Cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it will be interesting to see what Superman's going to say. Like, I, you know, is he going to first thing he's going to say is like, "Yo, cover your junk." Like, what's yeah. up? You need to borrow my red, uh, tiny red underwear. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Like, That'd what's be fun. maybe it's just going to be like a maybe. Fun oh shit! Could you imagine if it turns out the reason that Superman has been wearing his underwear outside of his past this entire time is so he can give them to Doctor Manhattan? Wow, to That'd cover be a his fun, blue job. That'd be a fun reveal. That, that would be. Makes, I'll tell bit. you what, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Because then they both be just staying there with blue legs. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> You heard it here first. The yeah, final yeah. issue of Doomsday Clock spoiled. A <laughs> couple of blue-legged dudes hanging out. Because he comes back to life and he's like, look at this bunch of blue legs. Oh. Looks directly at the camera. Winks. There's a little that's, that's the ultimate joke. <laughs> yeah. There's something like sound effects. Oh, comics. that's good. Each issue it comes with a slide whistle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really, We're too old. You know, I'm really looking We're for We're too it. old. Uh, listen, it is not too old to admit that we started doing this podcast during the vaudeville era, all right? <laughs> yeah. It's not. It's just not. All it's right. not. I'm not well, old. I would like to go on the record to say I disagree with you guys only in your... About slide way, whistles or what in particular? Uh, about fireworks. Okay. How you watch fireworks and want it to end so quickly. I'm like, not saying I it want gonna, it to end. You're it's like, just, oh, God, when's this going to end? Is this the ending? Is this the ending? No, it's it's more the finale is like there's too you much going on. You can always tell on. when the end of the fireworks show is happening. Not My, sure. I yeah. feel like the end of the fireworks show, the thing that's annoying to me is they're like, oh, here's a firework. Here's a firework. Oh, here's two fireworks. Oh, this one looks like a heart. This is a star. And they get to the end. They're like, ah, shit, let them all go. And it's just like. That's what I'm saying. No, too that's much. great. We too mean much. too much. Calm down. What? There's no, there's no art. Yeah, that's the whole it. point of the I like fireworks. That one minute ago, all you, going off and it's beautiful and amazing. One minute ago, like, you were like, "I'm not old," and you were like, "Fireworks are too whiz baby for me." <laughs> <laughs> there's too just too much going on. It's uh, loud. Slow it down. Oh. oh my god! I'd rather just see a leaf fall from a tree. <laughs> it the is thing. the season. I go to these fireworks shows and I cannot follow the plot for the life of me. Oh. The, <laughs> the original fireworks was a flag. The good old United States flag. Yeah, so. what happened to that, Pete? Yeah, uh, Pete. Oh, uh, I'll tell you what. Someone's going to review this on iTunes and is just going to say, you guys are too old, one star. <laughs> oh, no. Or five stars. Listen, <laughs> yeah, five stars. I also am old. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to something that will not be quite as contentious. House of X, number four from <laughs> oh Marvel God. Comics. Now, Pete and I had a... Uh, you were not here for this. That's true. Uh, Pete and I had quite a sit-down last week. We talked about House of X. We talked about Powers 10 or whatever. I still yeah. don't want to call it that. Uh, and I think we came to an understanding, right? Sure. That you understand now why you're frustrated about it. You understand why we're liking it. You don't have to like it, and nobody expects you to like it, but... We're all going to talk very calmly about it. Yeah, uh, nice. That's very all going silly. out the window with this issue. Plus, right. I ground up a bunch of pills in Pete's uh, Subway Meatball Club today. <laughs> so let's hope that. Yeah, is my taking Subway effect. was extra crunchy today. That's so right. That's this the pills. Was, one thing I, you have got to like 
about this book, Pete. I know how much you like it when things pick up immediately after the last issue. Mm -hmm. And this is the first issue of House of X, Powers of X, that picked up immediately after the last issue. How about that? With the X-Men team leading an assault on the Mother Mold. The Mother Mold is going to give birth to a bunch of Master Molds that is going to lead directly to the creation of Nimrod and the destruction of the entire world. They're trying to stop that before it happens. And when we last left them, they all exploded. Uh, Exploded? Exploded. Yep. So, is that Spanish for uh, explode? No, nah, it's kind of like internet for explode. Oh, okay. No, that's the language, uh, the Krakoan language. Yeah, oh, I speak it because my best friend is Cypher. Yep. So cool. you guys that's where we pick up. Together. And uh, this issue, again, if you could get past your feelings, Pete, while I was reading this, I kept thinking, this is a great issue for Pete because this is nonstop action the entire great time. Great action. And barely interrupted by word pages. They're mostly left for the end. It's all picture pages. I thought, once again... It started with some word pages. Awesome issue. Awesome Such a good issue. Come on, Pete. Cyclops says that Wolverine is the bravest man he's ever known. Right. What a co- that's like calling yeah. you, you a you know great what's man. Great? You know what's great? It's the fact that Cyclops, one of the great leaders of the X-Men, if you can hear my quotation marks, Can't hear uh, is, is such a great leader, he just watches as Wolverine dies. What a great leader that is. Hey, uh, thanks well, for doing the job that I should be doing. Over the history just, of our podcast, Pete, have been very upset about how Wolverine died. Uh, wait, was it Wolverine? No, it was the Punisher died. Never mind. My point is not good. Uh, he doesn't like when Wolverine dies either. <laughs> yeah. uh, so your point sure. stands. Okay. Uh, Cyclops was not leading this mission. Uh, Professor X Okay, was. wait, wait. No, I figured it out. Uh, <laughs> what's what's worse, Pete? Uh, the Punisher being killed by Dokken or Wolverine being killed by the sun? Because I think Wolverine getting killed by the sun is pretty cool. Cool way to go out. That's pretty cool. I plan on going out that way. If I was going <laughs> to kill Wolverine... With, uh, no, just... Skin cancer. But <laughs> still, go that, to the beach <laughs> twice. Yeah, exactly. Still, Again, son got me. Way, I just say, like Wolverine. Very cool, very young thing to say, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I had a melanoma when I was 19, so uh, it's, it's very fresh uh, to have light skin cancer. Uh, did I bring down? Sorry, did I bring down the room? <laughs> just a little bit. Just, just a little. light skin, skin cancer. Yeah, I'm light. fine. Uh, you got skin cancer. Take it easy. It's light. It's this light is uh, just a little little kiss. Uh, this issue is so good. Okay, I, wait. wait before you guys start sucking this freaking comic off with the, all the love. Can <laughs> too we late, talk about? Too late, Pete. All right. First off, we're already like we have a comic up to halfway into our cheeks where a <laughs> bunch of people died. But we don't know why. We don't know what they were fighting for. We don't know Wait, what? what time period this was taking place in. No, we know all of this stuff. Yeah, this is present day. Um, this is House of X, which is taking place in quote unquote present day. Um, we know why the Master Mold is going to make all these uh, Nimrod. No, we Basically, don't we're know getting why. to Nimrod. We know here. some guy in a helmet looks like a lollipop who goes by Professor. Uh, uh, told them that, like, hey, listen, are, you, guys, are you doing a bit right now? Show me the diploma. What what diploma? Oh, because yeah, he's, he's a professor. professor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, listen, uh, I know maybe you're probably doing a bit right now, but let's move past the bit and instead talk about the comic book, uh, like we discussed on the last show. When you know we were like, let's be serious about oh my things, God, you know, well, a little geez. bit. He's bringing an anger management coach for yeah, you. Yeah, I'm working on it. I'm uh, working on it. This book is so good. I love the way that um, we start with. No, uh, no. Explain to me. Sure. I'm, okay. I'm doing yes, it right now. I'm doing it right now. Uh, we get the first page of, uh, granted, it's words, but it really sets the tone of like, these X-Men have been through hell constantly. We know that. I know, but this was, it was great to read this information and be like, to see it all sort of calculated on paper, I thought was really cool and really set a dark tone right at the top of this. So I will mention, uh, for those of you who didn't read the issue, it opens with laying out the various ways that the mutant race has been hewed down over and over again. It talks about Genosha, what the cost was there. It talks about uh, the decimation that was caused by Wanda's No More Mutants and what they did there, as well as the smaller decimations they've gone through over and over until there are, what is it, 198 mutants, yep, something like in, that? And that, that's the decimation was an event from years ago. And yeah. it, just seeing it here, was like, oh, God, right, that is horrible. So, and I got to tell you, I mean, there's one of the things that's been talked about a lot with this run uh, that Jonathan Hickman has been doing on the 
X Men is how a lot of uh, minority groups can read themselves in things. I will say, as a Jew reading this, this was a very hard page to read. Right. I mean, the very clear thing that they did with Genosha is they killed 16 million mutants, which is exactly the number of Jews that were killed in the Holocaust. So that's what they're calling back there. But reading that, it it hits you in the gut very hard when you're reading that sort of thing. And to your point, on the comic book superhero end, it sets the stakes of what they're doing very well. Yes. Because they are down to 198 mutants at this point, and if they lose this, they lose everything. It's an existential crisis for them, which we're used to the X-Men facing, but the fact that we start seeing um, the members die right out of the gate, Archangel and Husk are dead, and you're like, oh, I was like, oh, I like Husk. And we didn't even see she dies off panel. Um, And one thing that Jonathan Hickman does here that I thought was really cool is we get to see the enemy side as if they're protagonists. Yeah. Uh, which is very rare, I feel like, in both the X-Men comics, comics in general, where the villain is truly with them and they're fighting for their lives as well. Uh, that, I thought, really made it even uh, harder to read uh, from an emotional standpoint. Yeah, it's a really tough issue, particularly because... Also from a comic reader perspective, so we talked about this, but most of them die, this issue. Uh, Cyclops dies, Wolverine dies, Husk and Archangel dies. Uh, I don't remember who Jean. else. What? Jean Grey? Jean, Jean dies at Jean the end. Does. I mean, you, Monet's sort of winning with her fight. Also, Monet, what a great character. So cool to see her. Right. So from a comic read perspective, my brain immediately Mystique switched dies. to, oh, okay, this is an alternate universe or not really happening or something like that. But you still have that emotional heft of what's been going on. And the ultimate question of, Wait, if these characters are dying here, and this is not, quote unquote, I don't know if you could hear my quotes, Pete, uh, (laughs) our universe, then what universe is this? So what I loved about this issue, like a lot of this issues in the run, is it had the emotional heft. It has the puzzle of everything that is going on, uh, but it also wraps in these characters and this big action in this issue at the same time. And just to wrap it back to what I was saying about the Jewish stuff... I mean, no more. So at the end, Wanda back in the decimation said no more mutants, right? At the end, Professor Xavier, I think, or Lollipop Head or whatever you want to call him, seems to be saying no more, repeating that as part of the no more mutants. He's taking back that phrase. He's appropriating it for the uh, mutants. And then seeing it shatter apart and seeing him say no more, no more, no more, when they've lost almost everything reminded me a lot of the phrase that comes out of the Holocaust, which is never again. And as Jews, again, you say over and over again, never again, never again, never again, not, not because it will never happen again, but because you know it may, and you need to remember that it never should happen again. So, I'm, again, I'm sure other minority groups probably read a lot of different things in this issue, in this run, but to me... I was able to read that Jewish experience very heavily in this issue. Yeah. A couple other moments that I just thought were really great. The conversation that Nightcrawler and Wolverine had right before he knows he's sacrificing himself. Just able to wrap in all of the information we know about these characters that Nightcrawler uh, is deeply religious. uh, And Wolverine's like, hey, is there an afterlife? He knows he's sacrificing himself. He's still hard as nails. But he still has the human core. This is just a five-panel series. And we just get so much out of it. John the Hickman has digested every character in the X-Men universe, has boiled them down to their most important qualities, and just lays but it out But we here. still don't know what's going on. We will, though. You have That's to just... That's what's hard for me, is people are dying, and I don't know if it's for a good reason or not, and that is bothers is, The reason is that the entire mutant race will be destroyed if they don't win. That's the reason. Well... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like this uh, place they keep going to. I, I, Krakoa? Yeah. I also think like this, I think that no more means we're going to get another timeline for yes. Moira. And that's going to be the timeline that we follow forward. <laughs> this is all setting the stage. So it's not meant to be a true like everyone knows what's going on narrative. It's like sort of giving you all these details that the actual run on the title, which starts in October, is going to be playing out. This is sort of like the overture. I mean, yeah, I think that's what we talked about on the last podcast a little bit with this issue. Uh, I can't remember. Maybe it was the one you were you weren't here, but I'm not sure. Um, The idea, personally, I was 
getting pretty sure with the last issue and am even more sure with this issue that, to your point, we've learned about, what, 10 lifetimes for Moira? Yeah. Uh, and this is uh, ostensibly the one where she's like, I tried something different. I brought together everybody together to stop this thing. I think she's still going to fail. Right? Yeah, I mean, it, they yeah. seems, it seems like they failed pretty hard right here. Right, they failed pretty hard here. And then I think we're going to find out that, to your point, it's going to reset. They're going to go back, and Moira's going to be like, I failed every single way I failed. There's no way of stopping this thing. Yeah. And that's what we follow, is now well, we know the stakes. Now we know the yeah. cost of what's going to happen and what well, the they didn't are going feel, up they, uh, they got that last one off, so the, the head is... I don't know. It might. It came online, so it makes me feel like they failed, to Alex's point. It did fall into the sun, but I think we have two more issues of this series um, to go before yeah. the, reboot, the, the, the full launch. So I think we're going to get the play out of that. We're going to see that other bad things happen. And what we've never really seen an X-Men team deal with a loss this bad. Like all the core, not yeah. all of them, but most of the core mutants here yeah. that we followed for the last, however, like 70 years or whatever, uh, 60 years, we're seeing the devastation. We will f- see the devastation of what happens after that. Which yeah. is exciting. And the other thing that we've been talking about all along is that each of these issues deals with a different part of X-Men history. And here we are dealing with those decimation things. We're dealing with Genosha, which we've touched on a little bit before. And that's very cool. To your point, Justin, Hickman has done his research. He's clearly delved himself in the entirety of X-Men history. It does make me wonder if Ed Piscor's X-Men Grand Design was in a weird way an overture to this. Oh, that's cool. That it was setting the stage, that it was synthesizing everything, doing the research together. Maybe it's just coincidence, but I don't think so. Plus, Pete, maybe there'll be a solar flare next issue and Wolverine will just pop out of it and be like... I beat the sun too, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> what do you uh, think? Would you like that? No, I just think it's uh, it's just tough when uh, you know people die. You're not sure. Uh, Wolverine, you know. No, Wolverine is definitely dead forever, but the rest of them, I'm not sure about. Cool. Yeah, cool, yeah. Cool. What do you think about that, Pete? Yeah, that's that's great. I would love nothing more. I'm glad. Yeah. That uh, Cyclops' punk ass died, though. That no, yeah, that was off screen. There was just a spray of blood. What probably happened was the person shot him. You saw his visor come off. So shot him. His visor was like, pew! And the bullet bounced off and back into the bad lady. And Cyclops was like, now I can see and I'm a cool dude. Yeah. I'm the coolest dude because Wolverine died in the sun. Yeah. No more competition. Yeah, it, for was, my- it was a real competition between... Uh, Wolverine and Cyclops for who is the coolest. Yeah. Are they, I might be getting this wrong, but I think one of the titles that they're launching in October is Cyclops the Cool Dude. Yep. And uh, <laughs> Colin, there's also... Colin Wolverine is dead in the sun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then there's also, they're doing two Wolverine books. I'm there's glad Wol- you guys are having fun. Wolverine yeah, as sucks. As you guys are having fun. Wolverine sucks issue number one is going to be a real big seller. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go home, Canadian man. Uh, <laughs> is going to be one. That's very offensive. Yeah. That's about, it's about Wolverine. <laughs> All right, let's move on to something else from Image Comics. Pretty Deadly, The Rat, number one. This is bringing back Kelly Sue DeConnick and Emma Rios' series in a new time era. Uh, we get to see them in sort of, I think it's 1920s? Is it 20s? Sure. Uh, uh, Hollywood? Yes. There's uh, some old Hollywood whatever stuff. Whatever it is, it's old-timey Hollywood. Uh, we get to investigate a new supernatural mystery type thing here. It's probably vaudeville times, you know, right in your wheelhouse. All right, buddy. Listen, I had a Nice time in vaudeville. Yeah. And then the time was over. Yeah. And I retired to Florida. You invented pie in the face, right? Uh, Throwing yeah, a pie. Well, Most people ate pies before. Yeah. He was like, nah. I was trying to eat a pie, but I didn't know how to do it. And yeah. they're like, that's funny. That's funny. Uh, this series is gorgeous, first of all. I, I yes. know yes. Kelly Sue is a fantastic writer, but Emerius's art is so stupendous in every single issue of this. Um, I love it. Uh, what did you guys think about this issue? It's so poetic, both in the 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 writing and the art. Uh, the combination of which is yeah, just like such a really nice. Well. I love the story within a story of uh, the Conjure Man, as he's uh, known in here, finding his niece's um, artwork, and we get to actually see it sort of in, in the full page. Very cool. Very well done. The series is great. Yeah, I, I'm super excited for more. Cool. 
Uh, I will say uh, there's a story told of this issue. If you're a fan of Harry Potter, it's like Tales of Beetle the Bard, the Tale of the Three Brothers. Uh, it feels like yeah. its own shadow play riff on it, and it's yeah. really, really cool. This reminds me of like early Hellboy. Um, if you're looking yeah. for a comparison, if you are not sure if you want to pick this up, it has the same sort of horror vibe, um, but really like just well-made uh, fun. There's a couple like humor moments sort of like Hellboy used to have. Good stuff. It's very good. Let's move on to Comixology. Comixology is kicking off their new originals with Breaklands. Number one is the first issue out of that. Mm-hmm. They're going to be releasing a new comic every week for their Comixology Unlimited members, as I believe what it is. This one's by Justin Jordan, who's been writing, well, he's done a bunch of books, um, but he's writing Reaver. Is that the book from Image right now? Oh, yes. We, we've we checked that out. Yeah. Uh, so this is entirely separate. It's about a <laughs> fantasy land, some violence stuff happens. Pete, how did you feel about this oh, one? I loved it. Uh, art's really cool. I love the setup of you know, having these huge figures uh, kind of like coming at people. It's very intense, very kind of like scary, but the art is kind of uh, uh, it has a sweetness to it and uh, kind of really the main characters there are very kind of interesting and unique and I like the way they all interact. I'm I think it's a great issue. I'm excited for more, and I, I feel like they did a good job of like leaving you hanging and wanting more. Hey, you love a spine torn out, and that's oh, what we got here, right? Yeah, I mean, there's nothing like it. Uh, this reminded me a lot of a show I loved, Avatar The Last Airbender. Uh, yeah. uh, this feels like sort of spiritually in the same uh, area, and that's fun. Yeah, I really enjoy this as well. I, you know, he tends to put his uh, influences right in the back matter and kind of just throws together like, yeah, there's a bunch of things that I wanted to throw together and see what happens. Would that be fun? And one of the big things he talks about is he always felt like they were kind of tame in terms of they has, how they use the force in Star Wars. So he wanted to amp that up a bunch. And that's definitely what plays out here mixed with yeah. Avatar and Princess Mononoke. And other yeah, that's things. the references he cites are Princess Mononoke meets Akira plus Mad Max divided by Star Wars. Wow. Great. That's it's cool. super fun. That's if, math I like to do. <laughs> yeah, that's some good math right there. Uh, so definitely pick that up on Comixology. Next one from Marvel Comics, Alpha Flight, True North, number one. Man, speaking of cool Canadians, yeah, I love Canadians. What does this look you're gonna be? Yeah, you love Alpha Flight. I love Alpha Flight. I love Alpha Flight. Yeah, I I love Alpha Flight. I was just up by Canada. I was near. I was a stone's throw from Canada. Did you meet Shaman? I saw some, um, definitely uh, uh, some sort of... Vindicator? Yep, I met (laughs) met the gang. I saw a short bald man. Sasquatch? Definitely Puck. Puck? Uh, Yeah, yeah. definitely Puck. The whole gang gang was there. Aurora? And there was um, a Wendigo, which makes a lot of sense. Did I already say Guardian? Yep, but uh, that's easily to mistake. Great. Department H? Uh, yep, everyone's favorite thing, <laughs> Department H. Fun headquarters. I thought this was great. I was yeah, really so surprised good. by this. Every yeah. story was good. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I thought this was, we were talking about this a little on the Patreon Slack. Uh, people were like, oh, it's probably like a Lost Tales of Alpha Flight type thing. Nope. No, it was totally, this is where they are now. We're going to move yeah. them forward. And honestly, every story, I, I Weirdly came to it like, all right, prove it. Yeah. And felt like, oh, they're not going to delve into the emotional journeys of these characters. It's just going to be a little bit of a lark. But no, they dug in there. Yeah. Each of the stories is very dark, which yeah. is one of the and things. It was that weird because they were doing it with like light things. Like Puck has been buried, but he is like. Uh, sharing his soul it's at a really, beach, you mean? Yeah, in yeah. a fun way, not dead, not <laughs> buried in a grave. Yeah, this uh, one of the things that I re- always really liked about Alpha Flight that people forget about it. They look at it as like eh, it's the Avengers, but Canadian, so they're probably nice or something. At the end, yeah. It was always really dark and fucked up. Like all of the stuff with Department H, there's yeah. always terrible things going on there at the yeah. same time. That's something they work in here. Like you said, there's a great story with Puck and Namora that gets into their characters. The first one with uh, Snowbird and who's the other character with Snowbird? Uh, Shaman. Shaman. Oh, yeah, it's Shaman. Uh, also it ties into a bit of Snowbird's history that I haven't yeah. thought about in yeah. decades, probably. I love this. Uh, I love the way on top. Yeah, I loved it too. As I said, like the way they paint Canada as this really mystical place where a bunch of crazy shit happens. I love that. Uh, well, and another thing that I thought was great that was clearly so purposeful from the Puck story is every single Alpha Flight story or whatever anybody likes an Alpha Flight story. It's like here we are in the snowy wasteland. Yeah, 
And that's not all Canada is. So it's there so, are beaches. There's beaches. So they clearly were like, no, we're gonna set a story at a beach. We're gonna yeah. show off part of Canada. We get to see Fat Cobra uh, from yeah. uh, Iron Fist fame in here. And the last story. I thought was just truly like a horror story, like a, yeah. a comic book horror story without any gore or anything, just an emotional horror story. I, it was great. If you have never read Alpha Flight and you always kind of pushed it to the side as eh, that other team, read the first 12 issues by John Byrne, which are phenomenal yeah. and ended one of the most heartbreaking twists I've ever read in comics. They're great. Absolutely great. Fantastic. Uh, definitely pick up this issue, too. Yeah, definitely pick Moving up on issue. to DC Comics, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, number one. This is picking up right after Heroes in Crisis. Poison Ivy died. She came back to life. She's not quite right. Uh, and now Harley and Ivy are on the road to try to figure her stuff out. I thought this was a fun, fun lark. What would you guys think about this book? Yeah, fun first issue. I love these two together. Uh, it's great to see them together without having to deal with a bunch of, like, Batman stuff. Like, them alone yeah. is fun. Yeah, and it ties into a little thing that they kind of threw in with Swamp Thing continuity, I believe, in yeah. the Justice League Dark Annual, yeah, uh, which I thought was very neat and surprising, but made a lot of sense in terms of the villain for the series. Pete, what do you think about this? Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's fun having them team up and be in their own little world, and it's fun to see Harley uh, care about people. I think sometimes when Harley is uh, drawn or written, uh, she's crazy or she's always attached to the joker or there's always something with joker so it's nice to have her have her own wants and needs uh and still be harley um and try to care for her friend which is very sweet uh but then we kind of get a new villain reveal and kind of uh yeah poison ivy keeps kind of curling up into a ball and uh you know as you do yeah, as when you, you're when you come back from death, you curl up into the ball a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, feet, yeah, feet feet you know do. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I enjoy this. If you're fans of the character, definitely check that out. Moving on to a super advanced review coming out September 25th from Valiant Comics. No spoilers. Bloodshot mm-hmm. number one from Hack and Tim Seeley. Yeah, uh, Hack slash Tim Seeley. Pete, as a resident violence fan, curious to hear what you thought about this. Oh, it was, it was so glorious. Yeah, you know, glory, like gory, glorious, and nobody. Okay. Uh, anyways, that would have uh, been hard to get because it's a different word. <laughs> yep. But uh, wait, I, were you saying gory is? Well, I was. Yeah, I didn't want to say it like that. I wanted. Yeah. To kind of it's so always good when you're making a pun to not actually say. Yeah, it. exactly. <laughs> Just imply it. Keep don't it real. Say it. It's the jokes you don't say that people laugh the hardest at. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I believe that. That's uh, what I learned in vaudeville. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think uh, Tim Seeley does great, such a great job of writing action, moving things forward in a way that uh, is fun to follow. And uh, yeah, this is a really cool. Uh, it's nice to see him have fun with uh, Bloodsport. Wow. Bloodshot. Bloodshot. uh, I'm going to move to Justin and get his opinions on this. Great choice. Um, uh, (laughs) Pete, by the way, (laughs) is slowly sinking down into his chair. I think the... Not get it? Was it not getting upset about Wolverine dying in the sun that made you curl into a ball? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um, great. Plus, uh, I was doing like a Van Damme, you know, blood sport. <laughs> that, again, was, that was also you're not making bad. any sense. Oh, oh, any oh, I think I'm killing it. Maybe you should send out a, a no, lexicon. No, not, not killing it, being killed. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, being killed. Okay. Um, this is fun. It, uh, we talked on the show uh, a couple shows ago with um, some valiant folks who were talking about Bloodshot and how Bloodshot's fun again. And this very much feels that way. Bloodshot's out there. He has a very Deadpool vibe to him. Yeah. Um, he's uh, in- yeah, but indestructible. But it's not too annoying. It's, you know... Do you know what this... This feels like the 90s action movie Bloodshot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Super fun. Like, there's... It, what Jeff, I believe it was Jeff Lemire who was writing Bloodshot for a good long while. Very interesting, very introspective, super dark take on the yeah. character. Lots of time travel and moving to the future and the little dark realms of hell and other things like that. Uh, but this is basically like, nah, man, he's got nanites. He could be whoever he wants. Let's blow some shit up. Yeah. yeah. It was like an image book from the 90s. Absolutely. Uh, in the comic book realm. And super fun. And Tim Seeley is exactly the right person to be writing something like that. He's a like fun that. guy. It's yeah. great. Uh, I had a blast reading this, and I'm very excited to read the next one. Yeah. Particularly paired with Killers, one of Valiant's other books, which is also just 
Mortal Kombat Street Fighter, but in the Valiant universe. Right. This is a fun spate of books. It also has some stakes to it, too. The the villains, like, uh, what happens when God hates the Earth uh, or ha- hates humans, basically? Uh, yeah. It, that's a cool sort of underlying uh, base that I think. Yeah, we'll I'm sure for. we'll get deeper as it goes yeah. on. But as a first issue, it's literally explosive, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. Let's move on to Legion of Superheroes Millennium Number One from DC Comics. This is the first part of a two-issue. What do we call it? Not a maxi series, but like large format. I don't know something uh, like that. Large mini prestige, prestige okay. mini series. Setting the stage. For uh, the... Now, as you'd expect from a Legion of Superheroes mini series, this focuses entirely on the character Rose and Thorn. Yeah, that's it. That's all we need to say. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's it. Uh, I I don't know what this is yet. Like I yeah. liked the art in it. There's a bunch of different artists. It's exploring different eras of the Legion of Superheroes and different parts of the DC future. Like we've been talking about with Brian Michael Bendis, a lot of what he's done in DC so far is, uh, I don't know if the phrase is exactly sowing his oats or flexing his muscles, one of the two. I think he's been shooting a bunch of fireworks in the air at the same time. (laughs) I think He's definitely like, I want to play with all the things. I want to play with all the toys. And that's what he's doing. And this very much feels like he went into the DC basement and filled a box with stuff. And he came out in this issue was like, I'm going to put these five objects on the table. Make of them what you will. And I'm going to tell you uh, in the next issue and then in the eventual Legion of Superheroes series what I'm doing. And that's cool. I, I think that's a good way to go about it. Bendis seems like um, a good writer to deal with the many voices of the Legion of Superheroes. I love the Legion, especially Legionnaires run from yeah, back in the 90s, which we talk about fan. a lot. Uh, so I'm down with this. It was nice to see a Legion book start with the full context of the DC future. Like, I feel like most Legion relaunches, it's like they just jump to the future and we see yeah. what's happening. A Superman family character goes to the future and they move from there. This is like walking us through it and it gave it so much more context, which I thought was cool. I I agree with you on that. I think it's going to read very well when you read both of the issues. Right. As a fan of Legion of Superheroes as well, reading this issue, when it started off with the idea of Rose and Thorn, she's a little bit in the future. What we find out in this issue is she's essentially immortal. She doesn't know why. She doesn't know exactly what's going on. So we had that set up, and I was like, okay, he's throwing Rose and Thorn. We know he likes her because she's this little character in the DC universe that he can revitalize, he can have his own take on, he threw her into a Superman run. Okay, we told the first part of the story, here comes the Legion of Superheroes, and I sat back, and then you get the second part, and it was like, okay, we're still focusing on Rose and Thorne. Okay, I get it, we're building up to the Legion of Superheroes, here we go. And we went through like five parts of that, and by the end of the issue, I was like, we still are going to the Legion of Superheroes, what are yeah. we getting to the Legion of Superheroes? That's the title of the book. So again, I, I understand intellectually what you're saying, that Good. we are going to be building to that and we're it's getting nice there. to see you get upset about something that you know intellectually you shouldn't be getting upset about yeah i just want to see the legion of superheroes yeah great uh, nice you guys are really two sides of the same coin <laughs> <laughs> wait which one's heads which one's tails uh oddly you're both tails <laughs> it's one of those fucked up coins <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. let's move on to a marvel comic book web of black widow number one this is a much darker take on black Black Widow than we've seen usually in the comics. Yeah. Uh, what would you guys think about this? Well, it's cool because, you know, we, you, every once in a while get to deal with her kind of like as a kid or like hear stories about, you know, like her training and all that kind of stuff. You get to deal with that a lot if you're reading Black Widow comics. Yeah, exactly. So much of those comics are like, you think her life is nice now? Look at this shit. She had yeah. to do ballet and then kill people. Right. <laughs> Which, you know, either of those things by themselves is very hard. Ballet is hard. But, but combining the two? My daughter's taking ballet classes, oh, and she's oh, three. Shit. And then Run we're going to move on to killing life. people. Yeah, dude. Jesus, that's terrifying. Yeah, I know. Well, nice. I want to make a little black window of my own. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> I wish you luck with that. Hey, yeah, you want to come to the red room? <laughs> yeah. Come to the red room. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where this goes from here. It just kind of has a f- fucked up start, which is fine. Uh, but yeah, Black Widow is a great character. There's a lot of possibilities. The art in this book is great. It's really fantastic. And I like that it sort of has the 
art, artistic style of a Black Widow standalone series sort of set to the side of the Marvel Universe, but this takes place fully in the Marvel Universe. It's We get to see Iron Man in this and Tony Stark. It's a nice, great character choice there. They have a relationship both as uh, co-workers on the Avengers and also interpersonally. Uh, very fun. Um, we They quickly deal with the fact that she's been recently resurrected. Uh, fine. Yeah, just quickly, like, yeah. And yeah, set, I've been resurrected a couple times. I know how it feels. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. They set the premise in a nice way. She's trying to go back and fix all the bad stuff that she's done before. I thought this was a good first issue. All right. Yeah. Last one to talk about from Image Comic Books, Battle Pug, number one. Oh, the enormous boy. pug and his warrior is are back. Yeah. Uh, this is super fun. I really enjoyed this a lot. I knew you would. Yeah? Yeah, you did? Yeah. He loves you love pets. This shit. Yeah. Yeah. I do love pets. You love, like, sh- cute... Well, Pug Battle Pug is fun. Did you guys read the other Battle Pug stuff? Yes. <laughs> Log Paws, definitely a yes. Not not a yes. Uh, That's a no. You never read <laughs> Battle Pug? This is very violent. It's a big dog. You like that stuff as no, well. I think this is great. It's fun, irreverent. It's a little topical. Yeah. There's some uh, references to um, oh, what I topical. think is a political figure. Yes. Wait, which one? Santa uh, Claus? Uh, is it what? Justin Trudeau from Canada? <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's Santa Claus. Oh, uh, that's it. Very controversial. Um, this is it, this is a funny book because it starts like it could just be sort of a fun take in this world of Battle Pug, and then it's like, oh no, we're going to comment. It's almost like Mad Magazine by the end, where yeah. it's like it's yeah. the war on Christmas. Uh, Donald Trump is like the bad guy. There's uh, uh, Vladimir Putin turns into a bear and gets his hands cut off. Yeah, uh, I, I think Mad Magazine is a very good touchstone yeah. for it. It definitely feels. Like, it's not quite as satirical as Gru, even, or anything like that, um, but it's definitely going for that bent. It's funny, it's fun, it's silly, but it's sort of having a fantasy, uh, fantasy, actual and then fantasy you get story giant at the same bugs. time. So, everybody giant wins. Giant bugs. Everybody loves a big pug. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I live with pugs. Do you? Downstairs, my oh. house. Yeah, that's true. Do they battle? Yeah, I'm training them to fight each other. I'm Sweet. doing a lot of like sort of training of different Dude. people in my life. <laughs> That's great, man. Good That's for you. Yeah. Cool. Pug out, pug, pug v pug. Dude, if you have like uh, you know have that in your backyard, or whatever, I'd love to come over and place bets. You know. Oh, you want to do some dog fighting? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a weird With way the dogs to say that. Or the dog versus his daughter. Oh, I haven't thought about that. Yeah, mm. I definitely just, think about it. I was thinking about and my battle fights. You know, yeah, yeah, definitely think about it as much as possible. Pete, you're starting to slow your words, so we're going to finish <laughs> up this episode. <laughs> Patreon.com/slash Comic Book Club if you want to support the show. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. here at the Pit Loft Theater in New York. Come on by quickly because I don't know if Pete's going to survive to the next one. <laughs> oh man, what do you want to plug? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter and sorry we poisoned Pete. <laughs> Uh, we're on Twitter. Uh, no, just follow us on Twitter. <laughs> just at Comic Book Club Live. Comic Book Live. Great. <laughs> ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast. More you can subscribe on iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice. And we'll see you at the Old Timey Vaudeville Show. Come on down. Come on down any Saturday. I'm there. I'm going to eat some pies. This is Justin, the responsible one, signing off. What? Yeah,